Welcome along to another episode of the Make It Count podcast. Here we are, chatting away, and... We've just begun. We've just begun, and obviously, (laughs) I I realised in preparation for this episode, this one being a conversation around Christmas and everything Christmassy, we probably should have listened to last year's one and see what we talked about then, but um, we haven't. No, we haven't. We did fail to listen back to our own... Christmas episode from last time. What's a favourite Christmas story that you have? I mean, it's the classic A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol? It's not my own personal story, but I really like it. I love it. And last year, I found an audiobook version of it. Because I'd never, I think I'd never actually read it Mm -hmm. until like last year. So I read it and I also found an amazingly narrated audiobook version. And I just, it just it, it was really compelling. I just loved it, and I've seen various. You what know, did you love about it? Actually, reading it um, and listening to it, um, even though I've seen various film adaptations of it, and there are lots of film there adaptations are, to it. Um, I think my mind was able to just because of the way it's written. It's written really well. It just it brought it to a whole new, in a sense, it brought it to life in a whole new way. So. Before we go any further, I think we can get away without spoiling it uh, or doing any spoilers for it. It's been around for a while. I don't know, I don't I don't know when it was. when Charles did, Dickens wrote it. But when it was published. Yes, it was, it was a while ago. Summary of the story? Summary of the story for those few who don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually don't realise. I don't know how British this story might be. Obviously, it Charles might be. Dickens well, is, is English. Yeah. Yeah, so, so don't we don't know how far how far this, yeah. this story has travelled. So it centres around a character... Ebenezer Scrooge, mm-hmm. who is a bit of a miser. He's very um, stingy with his wealth. He he has so much wealth, um, and his nephew comes to you know um, invite him to a Christmas party. There's some other stuff that happens, but um, one of the things that his nephew says at some point in the in the story is, "I pity him," because even he doesn't enjoy his wealth. So if he you know nobody gets to enjoy it, and that's part of the the interesting thing of it. But the, the the story progresses. He is visited first by the ghost of his old business partner who is in these chains and says, don't make the mistake I made. You know, I'm now wrapped in these chains for, I don't know, maybe eternity or whatever because I, because of the way I lived in a miserly way. Don't do that. You're going to be visited by three um, Christmas ghosts, three Christmas spirits this night um, on the, the Christmas Eve and hopefully they'll change your mind and say he's visited by the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. Um, and it shows him some of the things, some of the kind of the early wounds in his life and some of the things that he maybe had and then lost, uh, the the Christmas present of the, the families and the people that are not so well off and they're suffering, and particularly the family of his clerk, um, and that he doesn't pay enough. And then the future, he sees even his own death and nobody cares. And, you know, basically everybody's happy and his wealth is getting stolen um, by people um, who, who knew him and everybody's like good riddance. And he has this massive transformation. He wakes up and he, you know, changes and it's a beautiful, happy. It's a comedy in the true Greek sense of it's a happy U-turn story. Um, and he enjoys Christmas and then from then on he becomes the cheeriest fellow around and he's very generous with his money mm. and it is a good story it's come I think that's probably why it's had so many adaptations whether it's a Muppets Christmas Carol or the Scrooged one with oh um, yeah Bill Murray Bill Murray that's a good one there's a few and obviously 
the multitude of other adaptations of it. And I think it's good because, one, that's the type of story we like. Two, it's seasonal, so it comes up. But also it captures that thing of that that Scrooge stinginess to this generosity. And and that's mostly who I think what we want other people to be like and probably who we want ourselves to be like. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that just that contrast, the character um, contrast of this guy who's you know, miserly and doesn't enjoy life at mm. the beginning, um, but he's keeping everything to himself. And then once he starts having this realization of actually the, the joy and the giving, and the, you know, and, and then everybody gets to enjoy. Um, mm. as, well, not every everybody, but a lot of people. So, and I wonder if uh, Dickens was one of the first people to like sort of think about the future self. I mean, we talked about that a fair bit of like, oh, you know, what does your future self look like? Ooh, what would it look yeah, like on your Christmas future? Uh, at your funeral or what's it, what would they say at your obituary? Well, he literally had wrote this story however many hundred years ago and that was it. Nobody's yeah. come. Like, that's my future. Nobody comes and everyone's happy I'm dead. And and it's a bit like the the story we told before about um, Nobel. Yeah. Alfred Nobel. Alfred. I always who... think it's Alan. Alfred. <laughs> Alan! Who Alan! obviously invented C4? Dynamite? Dynamite. Dynamite. Something like that. Yep. And they thought he died. It was actually his like brother or something. Yeah. And they're like, a oh, mercenary of murderer or something like that. Yeah, title, bathed you know? in blood. In the, blood bathed or bathed in blood, yeah. Something. Killed all this many, you know, because... So many people have died so from dynamite. So many people died from this invention. And he's like, oh, that's not how I want to be remembered. Because he made a lot of money from it, I think. As well, yeah. yes, of course. But he was like, that's not how I want to be remembered and literally had this second chance and now you have the Nobel Peace Prize and yes. he invested in the arts and uh, creative ventures and peacemaking ventures and, and that's yeah. that's still recognised today. And yet we see in this story, he had this moment and it's like, oh, that's, that's it? That's what it's all for? Yeah. That's not what I want. Yeah. I'm going to go back. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to buy the biggest turkey. I'm going to yeah, pay yeah. my clock and Not for me, but for to... yeah, the other guy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. So that's that's a favourite Christmas story of mine. Yeah, and it's a good one. And it's, it's also in England why we get that phrase, being a Scrooge. Mm-hmm. I've, I've maybe called a few too many people Scrooges this year already. Oh, really? Well, accidentally I thought called a few people Stooges, but I meant Scrooge. What is a stooge? I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Christmas. I like this time of year when people have put their Christmas lights up here in the UK. Everyone yeah. likes decorating the outside of their houses, your twinkly lights. And I'm not such a big fan of the garish inflatable Oh, things, yeah, you know, they're yeah. a bit funky. The, the eight-foot snowman and, the, you know, those sorts of things. But I like the sort of tasteful lights so that you go around. and Some people even do a little drive around residential areas to see all of the decorations. No way, do they? And, wow. Yeah, one of the things, I don't know if this happens in other parts of the world, but obviously in, in local villages and towns, they have a big light switching on ceremony. Yeah. And it's, it's quite a big thing, and it's a really nice moment and some, uh, there's always a discussion when do you put your Christmas tree up and some people are like as late as possible I don't like it and it's yeah. like, well, why not because in my mind it's much worse when you get to January and February and when it's takes dark it all the time and everyone's taking it down and now you're just left with the wet and the dark and the cold and you don't have any sp- like lights and yeah, beauty the, almost the warmth that they emanate even yeah. though they're LEDs probably so, so. yeah I agree. Uh, there's something powerful about light, isn't there? And um, that's not really a story, but that's just about almost a feeling and what we we enjoy about this time. Certainly. And also, it's an experience of living in the UK. Obviously, yes. Christmas in 
Australia <laughs> or anywhere southern hemisphere. Yeah, it looks looks very different. Like Pretty balmy, Longer I hear. and it's hotter and it's summer. Yeah, and even on the equator, we had a Christmas. Yeah, two Christmases around the equator area, wasn't it? It was one in yes. Colombia, one in Ecuador. Yep. And yeah, really near the equator. Ecuador is notoriously near the <laughs> equator, and <laughs> and I think that was strange for us because our experience of of winter and it getting closer to Christmas is the days get shorter. Yeah, and it, they close in, but people's lights go up, and you sort of get warm and cozy. Whereas in Ecuador, near the equator, the days weren't getting shorter; they were the same length as ever. Yeah, the weather was sunny and balmy as ever. Yeah, and uh, suddenly it was Christmas. And it was hot, yeah. And it was like every other day that for the you know months before that, and then it wasn't Christmas anymore. And there was no like cozing in and communal and warm together. It was a very it was strange... a different kind of warmth. It was sweaty yeah. and humid yes. and <laughs> yes, indeed. It was it was a bit of a peculiar experience for me, anyway. It definitely revealed some of those. Oh, what I think of as Christmas is so tied to my cultural but also my physical locale you know yeah. and and all of the trappings that come with it interesting obviously because we were on the logos hope ship at that point um the ship was decorated with various um christmas decorations much of which were the sort of you know you had these german wreaths. english ideas, yeah german yeah. and english like, well basically it's come from germany which where, we, where we've got all these things the tree and the wreaths and everything but this green foliage type stuff with bells and and, and baubles and everything and you go that is totally foreign to somewhere like colombia or ecuador you know that they, they I don't actually know if stuff like you know f- you know fir trees and stuff really grow there mm. um so yeah, that was interesting because you had this clash of of cultural things. Mm. Um, it was enjoyable. Mm. I I want to well a number of years ago, eight nine years ago, I worked a part time job in a cooperative, which is a local like supermarket sort of space, and they'd sort of told everyone that you're going to have to work two of the four days, you know, Christmas Eve, Boxing Day. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, you have to work two of those four. So I came in to do my shift on the sort of week leading up to Christmas and I checked and I was like, oh, I haven't been put on any of these. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> I think they must have just forgotten about me. So anyway, I didn't work any of them. <laughs> that was one of your favourite Christmas stories. Well, I just... The you know, Christmas I, where you didn't have to the work. The Christmas where I didn't have to work. But the reason partly why I was thinking about that is because I was recently talking with my wife and talking about what we would like Christmas to look like. It's our first Christmas as a married couple mm. and, and what we were hoping for, what we like, what we've enjoyed about past Christmases, what we are hoping from future Christmases and even from this one. And I, I was trying to pinpoint what I enjoy and what I don't enjoy. And I, I was like, I'm not... We've done the love languages thing. Yes. I'm not... My love languages is not really gift receiving. Indeed. In fact, it stresses me out quite a lot because I'm not a very good actor either. So, <laughs> so opening a present that I don't know is is highly like it's I a feel, stressful experience. It's a very for you. stressful experience for me. So I've uh, I've kind of had these memories. I don't know if I've ever really said this out loud until recently. So now we're but, just going to put it in the internet and public. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you know, we would have all the presents under the tree, and then you'd sort of distribute them to yeah. my mum or dad, to you maybe, to grandma, whoever's around, and 
And then I would be like trying to sneakily open presents when nobody's looking. <laughs> so that you can get <laughs> so your initial going, reaction yeah, out of the way. Okay, do that. Yeah, okay. And now I can be like, oh, thank you so much. If no anybody. Yeah, so sneaky wow. present opening. I'd much prefer to take my presents away, open them on my own, and then... Amazing. Whatever. So all to say is presents, that was usually a stressful part of the day for me. Wow. Not my most enjoyable part. And obviously here in the UK, many people will have watched the queen's speech now it will be a king's speech i assume if he does one if he does one don't yeah. know so that's a part of the day the food is a part of the day but ultimately i think the part that i quite look forward to is just the rest or the relax just enjoying it and yeah. it's like oh i don't have to do any work today yeah. i don't even need to feel any pressure to do any work today i can be with friends i can be with family and most most people are not working there are people in emergency services and other places that have to work for yep yep for evident for obvious reasons but for most of us it's that moment where we're not working we don't feel we have to work we can just enjoy yeah. And, and be and be present and i think yeah. that is something i'm looking forward to not in the back of my mind like should i be doing this thing yeah what should i you know just actually sitting and resting and enjoying yeah i suppose it's one of those few times where again it's almost that permission as well as just that huge cultural weight from the, certainly the history of this country it's almost one of those few days which are still in a sense sacrosanct or sacred or mm. yeah it's not a day where normal economic activity happens either creating or and selling or buying even of so of course now with online shopping you can plenty always. of people will buy lots of stuff um, but you kind of go you can do that on any day of the year you know and give yourself that gift of that time just be like i don't need to look at that now mm -hmm. it's in fact going to be so much sweeter to spend this time mm -hmm. with those who I, I can be with um and of course sadly in an increasingly fractured society, I think, and just fragmented, there are lots of people that aren't going to have many people around, or if anyone. Mm. Um, and that's that's really sad, I think. Mm. Um, and I don't know, maybe there's things that we can do to help them, mm. encourage them, and even invite them into those spaces. Mm. Um, it's something that we've had through the years. Every now and again, we have some people who aren't necessarily direct members of the family, and they come and do Christmas with us because they don't have anyone else to go. And I always... Just that felt like a natural and a, a great thing to be able to include them in. Um, Definitely. So what do, you, what do you hope Christmas looks like this year? What's important for you? <laughs> um, I d yeah, I never f had that same level of stress as you with gifts. Uh, I don't you, think I've always enjoyed being a bit more spotlighted than I have. Maybe, well, maybe, uh, but there definitely were a few times, certainly in the memory, where I, I opened something up and I wasn't at all what I expected and in the immediate I was like I'm not sure if I want this um <laughs> later on and I think there was one though you maybe got me a, a music book or something a, a um book of like piano music oh and I wasn't like, I was like oh, okay thanks and later on I was like actually I really like it thank you very much but like in the moment I was kind of like ah this is not what i thought and just like i didn't expect it and i don't really feel that great but like i didn't feel terrible and there have definitely been other times when um maybe i felt like oh, actually, i actually got a lot of gifts and i don't feel that comfortable about it because you know it feels maybe a bit much and, and I, I don't want to be just absorbing and taking so yeah for me the, the sweetest parts are the people um and um i just remembered what we talked about last year what did we talk about last year? We talked about like what do you get 
uh, as a Christmas present when for someone that's already got some everything they need. Oh yes. And that idea of like, well, you know, I think I came across something this year that suggested that the average U.S. household, so the U.K. is probably not that different. Many other sort of developed places and not that different has three hundred thousand unique items. Yeah. And that was a, that was a little while ago. That. And that was the average. Yeah. That's not like oh, you know, the, the millionaire over there who has, you know. Yeah. Oh, I've got no. Like, that's the like average. the median, and like you said, like well, well, and that's one of the things Charlotte and I've talked about this year. It's like, well, listen, if someone needs something, they're probably going to buy it. Yeah, themselves, like they're able to, they'll budget for it, they'll sort it out, and so it's quite difficult to think. Well, what could I get them? It's either something they don't have, or, or they wouldn't buy for themselves. Again, those can be difficult or even very expensive. Yeah, and so I think one of the things Charlotte and I are thinking about doing for people we're giving presence this year is sort of edible things uh, nice. most people kind of hopefully be happy about that but it's like actually you didn't need anything from from what we could get you i was recently listening to a christmasy podcast um by dan allender on his one talking about um gift giving mm. and it was something that i'd never really pondered before but he's you know why why do we wrap gifts uh, was it him or was it oh, it might not have been him it might have been john ortberg it might have been John Ortberger on the Gratitude Challenge. Anyway, why do we wrap gifts? And he was saying it's interesting that um, if you if you make a gift for someone, people don't feel the same need to wrap it up. So, for example, if you make jam for someone or like something, you make something out of craft, you know, glass or pottery or wood or, or whatever, or sewing, you don't necessarily feel this because there is that element of time and effort has been spent making this for you but when we buy something we wrap it up and he was saying it might be something about that realization of we in the wrapping it almost more fully becomes a gift because it ceases to become just a transaction you know when you buy something at the store um you don't go i want to wrap it up for myself because you go well i've I've exchanged money and i expect that but there's something about a gift a gift isn't a transaction it shouldn't be it's a freely given undeserved unmerited free gift of the free will and uh, uh, and and that wrapping almost transfers this i bought this with money so it was a transaction but now i'm giving it mm. uh, which is really interesting what about when you pay for the wrapping in store well yeah exactly that's that's <laughs> the irony isn't it yeah. um so i don't know about that yeah, but, it but was I, just did, I did like that idea of things that you know, whether it's a jam or a wood carved thing or something otherwise edible that yes. you you put time into to crafting. There is something of like you said, oh, I need to hide this. I'll, I know that this took time, or this was handmade, Indeed. or this is beautiful in its own way. They don't need to just be like, oh, I've got this standard, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Pack of deodorant and shampoos for you know, teenage boy. <laughs> So um, obviously we've we've spoken a bit about gifts there, but I, yeah, I think for me I love the time with people and uh, and just uh, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You've, 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 uh, you started talking. I started talking. Didn't I didn't really have anywhere to go. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. like we've just kind of thinking about in terms of the love languages thing, like quality time and words. Maybe the words of affirmation could be something that is something that we focus on a little bit more of in light of some of the stuff I've been thinking about recently mm. you know 
in America they have Thanksgiving and I'm sure many families have some sort of tradition of, you know, these are things I'm thankful for. But maybe Christmas is that opportunity to, again, another opportunity to gather around and say, you know, say blessings to one another. These are things that I'm grateful for about you and mm. about the things that we do have and the, the blessings that are in our life mm. um, in a world that increasingly is just noisy with, with negativity. And it seems like you can't turn one way or the other without someone telling you the world is burning and falling apart. And this is what you need to think about it. And isn't mm. Christmas can be this wonderful we have been, you know, we have so many gifts, there's so many. And, you know, ultimately, from a Christian perspective, we've been given a wonderful gift that none of us deserved in a person himself, you know, um, God himself deigned to come and give himself to us. And I think that's the greatest gift any of us can give to someone else is some of our, you know, ourself, give ourself our time, our words, our effort, all of that um, is, in effect, giving some of ourself to them. And that's one of the reasons why gifts are, you know, so valuable um, and so well received because it is oh you have given some of yourself to me here mm. yeah and ultimately as you say we're we're as christians we believe there is a reason for the season and it isn't e- there we are it isn't just about feeling wrapped up in uh, or swept up in the pressures of a society that says you should spend a lot of money on people yeah. and it should look like xyz it's actually a different a different meaning and so yeah go and go and celebrate it enjoy it i love it and um, what are your favorite parts of, of christmas and how do you celebrate it i mean we we've had some of those conversations with people on the ship have had different places in the world to celebrate christmas but it's always interesting to hear what christmas looks like in in different spaces some people really like christmas eve is the big day yes um the 24th the 24th whereas you know maybe in, in the uk christmas is Sort of a significant, the more significant day, probably. Yeah. And yeah, but how do you celebrate it? What are your favourite parts of Christmas? We would love to hear from you. We always enjoy hearing from you. And uh, have yourselves a merry little Christmas. <laughs>